You should be reading I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons, a witty and humorous memoir and brainy essay penned by Autumn Simmons from her early life, pop culture, religion, feminism, race, and relationships. I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons is available via Barnes and Noble and worldwide for ebooks and beyond. Enjoy I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons.
And welcome to Talk Fusion. This is your host, Autumn Simmons. Thank you so much for tuning in to our Wednesday episode. And as I mentioned last week, this is our final episode of season seven, and it's been a wonderful season, but we're ending on a high note. I recently met a local author at a local author event in Elkins Park, right outside the greater Philadelphia PA area. And we're going to be talking about love and relationships today. And I have Lynn Carr on the line. She is the author of Shouldn't Dating Be Easier? Lynn, how are you? Welcome to Talk Fusion. I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to have you on, given the fact that I recently met you and had an opportunity to read your book over the Thanksgiving holiday. And we, we talked a little bit about it. But Lynn, I wanted to ask you, Given your background as a former Philadelphia school teacher and um, your aspiration for why you wanted to write um, this book, what went into creating and, and writing a book like this centering on dating? Okay, um, it actually happened because one day, four years ago, I just turned around at a bar with my girlfriends who are single and said to a, a gentleman, why does dating have to be so difficult? Why, why is dating so difficult? And he actually answered me. And he, he talked to me for like 10 minutes. And I said, oh, okay, thank you. And then we went out again with friends the next weekend. And I saw a bunch of gentlemen. And I said, I'm here with my girlfriends. I want to know why is it difficult, so difficult to meet someone. And they answered me and gave me a whole bunch of ideas. And then I said, after doing this a while, just trying to help my girlfriends, I thought, you know, I should write this down. And that's how it all started, totally by accident. Mm -hmm. I never had in my head, I'm going to do a dating book or a book on relationships or going to interview people. It just just took on a life of its own, just happened. How many people did you interview in order for you to write this book? And, and how many men and women did you talk to in general? Okay, I know I interviewed over 4,000 men probably a couple of thousand women, and probably also over a thousand couples. Mm -hmm. And generally, what has the response been to your book? Because I remember sharing with you that I, I thought it was very interesting, uh, the perspective that some men had on what they were looking for with regard to a woman, even down to her physical appearance and how her disposition and attitude should be. But what has generally been the response to the book? Well, it's been very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a very positive response from the book. Half the people that are buying the book are guys, which surprised me, because originally I was just writing the book for women to find out what the men were thinking. But the guys are buying it because they want to know what the other guys are doing, thinking, and what's the other guy's game. And how's the other guys, how are the other guys meeting someone? What lines are they using or what's working for them? So... That I thought was interesting. Mm -hmm. And the guys are finding my book very favorable. They agree with it. They like the book. A lot of the women that are buying the book, they like the book, but some of them are getting upset because they don't like what the guys are saying. Mm. So <laughs> I say to them, you know, don't, you know, don't shoot the messenger because I'm just, I literally took notes and I would come home and I would write these notes and then I would put the notes together. And four years later, I coordinated all of what the gentlemen have said to me and put it into chapters, mm -hmm. broke it up into chapters. And those were not my words. Mm -hmm. My words are the introduction and conclusion, which are very spiritual, very positive, very optimistic. Mm -hmm. Whatever the guys are telling me they're looking for or not looking for in a woman or what a woman, quote unquote, should or shouldn't do is what they're telling me, what their perspective is. So... I'm telling the women out there, you don't have to always do everything the guy is telling you to do to still be yourself and put your best foot forward. But if gentlemen are telling me about a woman that she shouldn't dress sloppy or she shouldn't wear ripped painted clothes or a turtleneck or go out without combing your hair, then maybe a woman should think twice about how she's going out and why she's not meeting anyone when she goes out. Hmm. <laughs> That's so very interesting. It's just very interesting mm -hmm. that the women, I keep telling them, don't shoot the messenger. I just, I'm just putting together the information. And I don't always agree with everything the guys are telling me, right. but this is what the guys are telling me. And I know men and women think very differently. Right, and men right. and women are very different. Right. 
And just thinking of um, a couple of things that initially came to mind after reading the book, it even came down to, I can understand if you're in a social setting and you're you're trying to meet someone, you do want to look your best and you're not going to look as if you're going to the paint store or you're going to stay home painting. And women, one guy (laughs) said to me, there was a woman in a bar, she looked like she was going to a home improvement store. Wow, wow. One thing looking casual. Right. And it's one thing looking... uh, age-appropriate, place-appropriate, and season-appropriate. And then I'll explain what that means. Mm -hmm. But then it's the other thing looking like, why would you dress in ripped jeans and and a shirt with paint on it to go to a Saturday night club knowing you're going out with your girlfriend possibly to meet someone? Right. It just doesn't make sense to me either. That I agree with. Now, there's something else I wanted to talk about in the book that I found interesting is a lot of the social settings that take place in the book. And I don't want to say all the social settings, but several of the social settings are typically bar scenes. And I was under the impression, based on conversations I've had with older women, um, and whether in my community or within my family, <clears throat> that have... Um, instructed women to be weary of thinking you can find a so-called good guy or a nice guy in a bar. I didn't just go to bars. When I say bars, I mean also it was most, it was, I would say at least 50 or 60% of the bars were really restaurants. Okay. So there was a bar there, but they were also restaurants. Okay. Okay. Well, not not to uh, typecast the book, but just just using right. that as a general social setting because many adults do meet in those types of gatherings or right. venues. But I wanted to just, in a broader sense, with that particular setting, can you expect to find someone decent in a so-called club or a bar or a sports bar? Get- well, this is my this is my uh, feeling. Okay. Um, people have said to me. Do you think you can meet somebody on an online dating site? Mm-hmm. Do you think you could meet somebody at a, a social singles event? Mm-hmm. Do you think you could meet somebody at a bar? And my feeling is that it's almost like a divine intervention. Okay. And you can meet the love of your life wherever you are, hmm. whether it is from an online dating service or a singles event or a bar or restaurant or even just going to the local pizza place getting gas at the gas station or the home improvement store, or even in line at the post office. Mm -hmm. Wherever you are, you should keep your mind and heart open to meet that someone. And if you happen to go out with your girlfriends every Saturday night to a bar or restaurant, then that's probably where you're going to meet someone if that's where you're going. Mm -hmm. I see. All week you're at work, and then on Saturday night that's where you go. Mm -hmm. So it, it is meant to be where you meet someone. I don't say that you should only go to bars. Well, you should only go on an online dating service. I think you should do all of the above. I agree. I agree. So I, mm-hmm. And I also tell to tell people that a lot of the young women I've talked to um, in their 20s and 30s who are single go to the same bars and the same clubs and stay in the same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And I said to them, try going to a different place. Drive an hour away from your home. Go to a different area. Meet new people. You're meeting the same people. You're dating the same people. You're dating the friend of the friend or the friend of the brother or the brother's friend and, you know, or the neighbor's brother. Why don't you go to, I say to, to the women and the men, go to a place uh, 45 minutes an hour radius from your house that you've never been to before and you'll meet new people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I'll, so I've, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, I said I've had a lot of women come back to me and told me they thought that was a great idea. They never thought of it. Mm-hmm. There's something else that's interesting that your research led you um, to uh, the realization that most couples actually meet by chance and not necessarily yes. through work or friends. Well, the interesting thing is my book started out four years ago. I was going to call it flirting. <laughs> and it started out, I really was, flirting 101. And it started out, I just wanted to know what women could do to attract men, the old art of flirting, what should they say, what should they not say, how should they dress. Just from the man's perspective, not that it's any book of rules you have to follow. And then when I would meet a couple, they'd say, well, this is how we met. We're married. And I'd say, oh, okay, well, how did you meet? And so so somehow the book took on a life of its own. And then I would say, how did you meet? So couples would tell me they met either at work, through friends, or by chance. Mm-hmm. And I broke the chapters down into that. And then when I looked at the actual physical papers of the book, I realized the largest chapter was how people met by chance. Mm-hmm. So to me, that would be um, a divine intervention, mm-hmm. that people were meant to meet that way. Hmm. 
And that's why I tell women to just be positive, have a positive attitude, because the person you are meant to meet will be there. Hmm. And even if you've dated the wrong guy, even if you've been engaged to the wrong guy, or married to the wrong guy or guys, it doesn't mean you haven't, that means you haven't met the love of your life yet. Hmm. It means you haven't met them yet. If If you're negative and said, well, I had a bad marriage, or I dated three guys and they were wrong for me, well, then you have to look for the right guy for you. You have to meet the right fit for you. And they are out there because I have so many success stories of how people met by chance. Mm. And they're very, very happy, all of them. Now, speaking of what you just mentioned about finding the so-called love of one's life, so are you of the mind that some people are not meant to, let's say, settle down with that one person forever? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Because I'm thinking... I, I mean, yeah, I'm thinking ahead. relationships are a lot... They're, they're lessons that we learn in relationships. And for some people, they may meet their high school sweetheart and may stay married and they've known each other since childhood. But that's not the reality for everyone, that they are with right. the same person for 50, 60 years and then one of them passes on. Well, I first of all, I definitely believe in, in marriage. I think it's a wonderful institution. Uh, I wholeheartedly believe in it. Just because I'm divorced doesn't mean I don't believe in marriage. Okay. I do believe in marriage. Mm-hmm. But if you, there are many stories in the book that I wrote about how people met, and some of them were engaged to someone else. Right. Some of them were living with someone else, mm-hmm. and they just weren't happy. Mm-hmm. If you are with somebody, whether you are dating them, engaged to them, living with them, or married, and you're not happy, why should you go through life not happy if you could be happier? And I'm not saying everybody who's married should get divorced because people (laughs) have rough times no matter what. But if you could work it out, I say try to work it out. But if you meet someone else and you're just not happy, why should you settle in life? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And also I believe that there is not only that one true love of your life. There could be more than one true love of your life. Because I had an aunt who was 92, and God bless her, she passed away, and she was married three times. And each time she lost her husband, Mm -hmm. he passed away, Mm -hmm. and then she met someone else that she was in love with. And she said to me, Linny, she said, that's what she called me, Linny, she said, Linny, um, you meet someone and you fall in love and you have a connection, and, and that's the love of your life, but if something happens, you can meet someone else in your life. So she taught me that there are more there can be more than one love of your life. No, oh, that's good to know. No, so you. So I don't want people mm-hmm. whose husband has passed away or a man whose wife has passed away to think that was it for me and there's no one else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are other people that that can make a good fit for you. Mm-hmm. And the, and the thing is that there's a divine intervention that that I really do not believe. Uh, I do believe in God, but I don't believe God wants you to be alone because you went through a bad divorce or your your spouse passed. I just I believe you know you can't control what happens in life, mm-hmm. and you have to say well where where do, what do I do tomorrow? Mm-hmm. How do I live the next day? Now what do I do? And you have to think positive, and if if you have to go to a group, a therapy group, or whatever you have to do to get over it, I really do believe you can move on and meet someone else because people have, mm-hmm. and that's what they've told me, and I do believe that. Okay, so let me ask you this before we take a pause: Do you believe? Or think that all healthy relationships have to evolve into marriage? No. Okay. It depends. It also depends upon your age. Mm-hmm. And it depends upon, um, I mean, in some religions, you have to be married if you're going to live together. But I know people that are in their um, 50s and 60s, and they are divorced. They have children. They have grandchildren. They are living together. They bought a house. But they don't. both of them don't want to get married again. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, for young people, to me, that's a different story. If you are in your 20s or 30s and you are living with a guy and he doesn't want to get married, to me, that's a red flag. It's a red I think flag. if you're young, yeah. Okay, well, let's get into why that is. We're going to take a pause and then we'll get into why that's a red flag if you're cohabitating and you haven't received the ring or he hasn't popped the question. So stay tuned. More to come. As I dialogue more on the second segment with my guest, Lynn Carr, author of Shouldn't Dating Be Easier? 
You should be reading I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons, a witty and humorous memoir and brainy essay penned by Autumn Simmons from her early life, pop culture, religion, feminism, race, and relationships. I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons is available via Barnes and Noble and worldwide for ebooks and beyond. Enjoy I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons. Anyone who ever loved could look at me and know that I love you. Anyone who ever dreamed. Could look at me and know I dream of you. Knowing I love you so. Welcome back to Talk Fusion. Still your host here, Autumn Simmons. And thank you so much for tuning into our Wednesday episode as we are covering. I am dialoguing about love and relationships with local author Lynn Carr, author of Shouldn't Dating Be Easier? And the song you just heard was Dion Warwick's Anyone Had a Heart. And so oldie but goodie. And so before we close out on the last segment, I want to come back in on this segment and continue with a very good point that Lynn Carr, um, she just made before we took our hiatus, is that if you're cohabitating with a guy, if you're a woman, and you're a younger person, typically in, within the age range of 20 to 30, if he hasn't popped the question, Lynn's going to answer why that could be a red flag. So Lynn, if you could continue with that thought. Yes. Uh, to me, if you're young and you decide you do want to get married and you do want to have a family, then um, if the if the guy does not, if he asks you to move in with him and he does not ask you to marry him and a year, two years, three years goes by, then he's just not that into you. Then you're not going to be the person he wants to be with. Because most guys have told me if they found the right one, that is going to be the woman they will marry. That is going to be the person they want to have a family with and have children with. And guys have told me, one guy in particular said, 
he he was with the girl. He loved her, but he wasn't in love with her. He lived with her for six months. He settled. He was happy. They had an apartment together. He was fine with it. Then he met the love of his life, and he realized, that's the person I want to marry. That's the person I want to have children with. So he broke up with the woman he was living with, and he went and met someone else. And with six months, he was engaged to the other woman. Mm. So to me, that's telling me if a guy really wants to be with you, um, he will think of you as long term. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's another. And I, say, mm -hmm. I say for the women, don't settle. Don't, don't settle. think just because the guy wants to live with you that he's in love with you, or that he's so called settling, or that he's yeah. into you. You know yes. that kind of thing. What are some signs that a guy is? into you what does that look like um to go by your gut feeling to go by your instincts you know when a guy looks at you you know when a guy talks to you if he's engaged in you and smiling at you and wants to be with you and wants to talk with you you can tell mm -hmm. just go follow your instincts follow your gut feeling i say that to men and women mm -hmm. now, even though i think women are more instinctive than men mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now also with the current uh generation and how the dating scene is and where we are with how men and women relate and how women are doing more with career have more opportunity than ever before and so a lot of this i think has also presented some challenges for how men and women date with the evolving roles of gender. Do you still believe that men should be the aggressor, initial aggressor and pursuer? I'm not saying I believe it, but the men are telling me that's what they want. There's a very, there was one couple that I interviewed of the thousands of people I talked to. And the guy must have been in his 50s, maybe 60s. And they were married like 30 years. And she did all the talking and, she, and he sat there. And he smiled, and she said, I'm the one who uh, was aggressive, and I'm the one who asked for his number, and I'm the one who asked him. She talked and talked and talked, and in 20 minutes, the man didn't say one word. It's a very rare man that acts that way. And she completely took over the relationship, and I don't know whether he's happy or not, because he didn't say a word, but to me, that was not the majority. That was one out of thousands. And the guys that I'm talking to are telling me they don't mind in a, a woman who is friendly. They don't want mind a woman who's a little assertive that will go up to him and say hello. But all the guys have said to me they want to take over. They want to ask for your number. They they don't want you to talk to them. For a woman, like in their 20s, to be talking to a guy, even today, and you're talking to him for an hour, and he'll turn around and say, I'd like to call you. What is your number? If he doesn't ask you for your number, he's not interested. If he doesn't ask you for your number... And you say, oh, I'd like to go out with you. Here's my number. He's not going to call you. And for the woman to say, why didn't he call me? Because he wasn't interested in you. And if you both exchange numbers, let him call you first. Let him pursue you because it's the old art of flirting. This goes back years and years and years before texting and emails and computers. If, if a guy likes you and you make yourself available but unavailable, if he, if he writes you, don't write him back that moment. Let him wait and want you more. That's just my, that's just my input. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's from what, what the guys are telling me. If, if a woman seems too, I don't know how to say this, it's really nice if you like the guy and you had a great time on the date. But after the first date, it's such a turnoff, the guys are telling me. You have a first date. I don't care if you're 20. I don't care if you're 70. You have a first date, and you go out with a guy, and after the date, you say, I had a great time. It's wonderful. When are you going to call me again? Well, can we go out again? That is the biggest turnoff the guys have told me. You can say, he can say, I had a great time. You can say, I had a great time, too. Good, you know, whatever. Good night. Let him call you. Let him text you back. Let him ask you out again. Don't call him the next day and say, I had a great time. When could we go out again? Did you like me? Mm. Oh, no, 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 no. Because guys have told me women do that. That is too insecure. Mm. You need to be, even if you're thinking it, stop yourself from doing it or saying it. Given my girlfriends this advice, uh -huh. they have had guys ask them out. Uh -huh. In this era, you do have um, some guys that are so afraid of rejection that and they're very insecure um that they expect some women to ask them out sometime in that situation it would be a woman who would walk by a shy, a shy guy and say hello and smile at him and say if you're at a supermarket 
asked him, oh, what, what do you, I never had that before. What do you, you know, what, how do you cook that? And, and then you can notice if he's wearing a wedding band. Or if you are at a restaurant, you could walk by and say, um, I'm here with my girlfriends. I've never eaten here before. What do you recommend to eat? And if the guy's with another guy, um, you could always strike, a woman can be aggressive that way and striking up a conversation that is neutral. Mm-hmm. And let the guy know that you like him in that way. Guy said that would be the best, that, a shy guy said that would be the best way. Or even if a guy was by himself at a bar or watching a game, a woman that goes by him and just says, hello, you know, um, I've never been here before. What, what do you recommend to drink? Let him then take over and then say, hi, my name is. Uh, I've never been here before. What do you think is a good thing to drink or eat? Introduce yourself, shake hands, say hello. That's friendly. That's opening the doors for the guy to then say hello to you and his name and start a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's how a woman can uh, approach a shy guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, but she doesn't mm-hmm. have to go up to a shy guy and say, Hi, I saw you from across the room. I think you're cute. I'd like to go out with you. Here's my number. Uh, that is way too much. Okay. That, there is one in a million guys that would go for that. Most guys said they do not like that much of an assertive woman. They want to be the hunter. That's what they're telling me. Okay. All right. Let me ask you this question since we're talking about dating. Would you, a couple things, would you agree that dating is about discovery and it's not necessarily, it's about getting to know someone, but it's not about commitment. It's just discovery. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting you say that. When you go out on that date, it is so important to not make it like a police interrogation or applying for a bank loan (laughs) or to purchase a home. Um, Sometimes the men and the women have told me they go out on a first date and a first date should be getting to know you. What kind of food do you like? Where do you like? Where would you like to go on a vacation? What's fun? Where have you gone in your life? Do you like Hiking, do you like going biking, seeing what is a fun thing, sport for you to do? What sports do you like? Just very general questions. Not how many people have you dated. Not anything about your ex-husband or ex-wife or ex-girlfriend. Not where do you work? What do you make? What kind of car do you drive? Do you own it? Do you lease it? Oh, my goodness. One, one of my girlfriends went out with a guy, and 10 questions later, she didn't know what to say. She was speechless. Mm-hmm. He was bombarding her like a bank interrogation. Mm-hmm. That can happen on both ends, though, with men and women not understanding nece- or just appropriate boundaries when you're getting to know someone. Also, another question I like to pose to you. Do you believe men and women can truly be friends in a platonic sense? Oh, that's a good question. Um, honestly, unless one of them is gay, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> because you're always going to have uh, one of them liking the other person. Mm-hmm. In, 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 even if they're not telling you that, one of them is, has a crush on the other person. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. And, and if, one of them, if, there are two guy, if a guy and a girl are friends and neither one is dating, the minute someone starts dating someone else, the other person is going to be jealous. Mm-hmm. So, no, I do not think so. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, and th- is that also based on experience, Lynn? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now, um, there's something else that I wanted to ask. Uh, A guy friend was very jealous when I started dating someone else. Yes, and it ended the friendship. Yes. I've experienced it enough to know that I, I have one uh, consistent platonic friendship with someone I've been friends with for over 10 years now, but we don't see each other or talk to each other regularly. And I think that has something to do with why we've been able to maintain a platonic friendship. Right. Yeah. Um, but I have attempted to, uh, I typically bond better with males than females. Um, and that has been a problem yeah. with me because men at some point would see it as an opportunity to date me and I exactly. I wouldn't see exactly. it that way and the the association eventually does come to an end at some point um right so, I agree right right and so it's kind of like something I, I've learned along the way but um I wanted to talk to you now about um future events that you have coming up within the new year that are in connection in conjunction with shouldn't dating be easier something very interesting you were telling me about that's going to be happening in many young in the new year could you expand on that a little more yes yes starting january 8th and every other thursday i'm going to be running singles events at many young brewery which is on main street in many 
and it's going to be from 6.30 to 8.30. It's going to be a $5 coverage charge. It's called Meet and Mingle, and it's going to include um, hors d'oeuvres and food. You purchase your drink, but the hors d'oeuvres and food are co- covered in the uh, covered price, you know, the cover price. And it's going to be, the age group is going to be 25 to 40s, and then the next age group is going to be 40s to 60s. And when the people come in, um, it's called a meet and mingle because it's going to be very casual. And I decided that I make a five-question questionnaire that everybody gets when they get there at 6.30. And then they have a half an hour to go over the questions and circle an A, B, or C answer of the five questions. And then when I start people to mingle, they have to go to at least three people within the next few hours when I tell them to move on to the next person so that they can try to meet someone who has something in common with them. Now, the, the reason behind this is it's very low-key because if, you ha- if you're a woman and you're shy but you think a guy is attractive, this gives you the entree and opportunity to go up to him. And also, if a guy is shy, he can then go up to the woman that he thinks is attractive and talk to her and not just say, hey, how you doing? Can I have your number? You go up and you ask them these questions. Then, if you decide that you want to give each other your email or phone number, you can, but you don't have to. And then I want people to mingle and meet other people so that at the end of the night, you have met more than one person. And that way, if a guy goes up to a girl and a girl really isn't that interested in the guy, it gets her off the hook when I say, move on to the next person. There's something else I wanted to, um, before we close out, that I thought was very interesting about dating because it's about discovery, is that you know that if things don't work out to not always, not to take it personal. And I think sometimes on both ends, men and women can take things personal when there is rejection, especially early on. Right. And I think if, especially with women learning how to expand their horizons and dating options by just going new places and trying new things, I think that you can increase the likelihood in the event that it happens. Right. Or dating, if you're dating the wrong guy, then you have to try to date somebody else. Uh If you seem to be dating all the bad boys, or you seem to be dating all the guys that are players and are dating other women, you're dating the wrong person. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing, I'll be honest, I'll put a little bit of my business out there. You know what I, I hate that I seem to find myself in this predicament? I either find like a guy who, even if he doesn't seem like a bad boy on first glance, if he's not that, then I, I encounter the guy that's the nice guy that I don't like that likes me. And I'm just having an issue. Right. With- there has to be something in the middle. Right. There has to be that, that person that is, that you're attracted to, right. that has a little bit of an, that's not just a guy that's texting you every, that's another thing, a girlfriend of mine mm-hmm. met a guy who was very nice, but she wasn't that into him. He was texting her every hour on the hour right. for days. She just couldn't take it anymore, mm-hmm. so she just try, stopped answering him. But you don't want somebody that is constantly on you, uh, texting you, writing you, calling you, can I see you Friday, can I see you Saturday, what are you doing all weekend, trying to plan your weekend, you just met the guy. Right. So uh, he's a super nice guy, but that's a turnoff too. Right. To anyone. Mm-hmm. So I'm just warning for those guys and girls out there, don't do that. Even if you want to see that person all weekend, don't do it. Right. Start out slow. Take it slow. I experienced that in yeah. my last relationship that I had um, uh, with a, a gentleman who was a nice guy. And initially, he did do those things where he was very persistent. He would call me at work and on my cell phone. And I thought, is something wrong with him? Is he crazy? But it's, it's right. interesting because in your book, there are circumstances where people have been together or they have eventually become a couple where one partner usually it was the man who was very persistent to the point where it seems if perhaps the guy was stalking you know yeah <laughs> and yes. so I find that interesting that with that behavior it seems to be more acceptable if it comes from the male more than the other well, way around yes so but but it's more the exception than the norm. Okay. And for me personally, and I know for you personally, having talked to you, right. if there was a guy that was stalking me or at my house or waiting in the car for me every day when I went to work, like one of the stories, or following me around or meeting me at work, that would creep me out. <laughs> I know women have gotten married to guys like this. That, that would just turn me off and creep me out. Right. I don't think, I'm not recommending anybody stalk anybody right. or call anybody constantly. It does work for that rare person but that's not the norm mm-hmm. and guy most 
Both men and women have told me that it's a complete turnoff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Lynn- I mean, it might be flattering at first, but then you, you step back and you think, what is wrong with this person? And that's scary. That's the same person that when you're dating or married to them, are going to put Lojack on your car or find out what you, you know, follow you with the, out with your girlfriends. That's a person who's not trusting. Mm-hmm. That's in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lynn, if you could share with our listeners any contact information, especially your social media connections or your sure. email address. I, I also want to say um, my website is shouldn'tdatingbeeasier.com. It's all lowercase letters, no apostrophes, no question marks. Mm-hmm. And then if you go on my website, I have a, um, a calendar on the right that says where I'm going to be doing book signings, where my um, meet and mingle events will be at Maniunk, where and when, the date, the time. And also starting in, in March, April, and May, I will be posting lecture series that I will, I'm going to be doing with another woman named Gail Chris who wrote a book about online dating. Hmm. So the two of us will be uh, in Newtown, in Ambler, out in Willow Grove. We'll be at various places where you come for two hours, and uh, it, uh, I will post how much it will cost, and it's a two-hour lecture series that the two of us will do question and answer period, and men and women of all ages. It's called Dating Tips for the 21st Century. Shouldn't dating be easier? Hmm. And... I will do, we will be doing a lecture series together mm-hmm. that people can find out more information. Kind of like what you're interviewing me over the phone, but it would be a group of people. Mm-hmm. Now, also, do you have a Twitter, Facebook uh, account? Where- I also have at the bottom of my website, it's shouldn't dating be easier at gmail.com. Okay. And people can write me there. Mm-hmm. I also have a Facebook account, okay. shouldn't dating be easier. And on Twitter, it's car. It's at car, C-A-R-R, Lycar, L-Y-C-A-R-R. That's my Twitter account. Mm -hmm. And also, um, how can listeners, how can they get your book? Are you on Amazon? How can they purchase your book? I'm not on Amazon yet. If they want to purchase my book, Mm -hmm. they can go simply go on my website, shouldn'tdatingbeeasier.com, and then there's uh, an area that they can purchase the book. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Lynn Carr, for joining me for this episode. We had a very thorough conversation, love and relationships. Shouldn't dating be easier? It's a very wonderful read. I encourage the listeners to read this book. And Lynn is a very fabulous uh, lady. And she also favors uh, Susan Somers. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for all of the above. And my whole purpose of writing the book, doing the lecture series, doing the dating series, series is... I want people to meet. I want people to know how to be in a relationship, how to make the relationship work. And I want you to meet the love of your life for men and women. And on that note, we are definitely going to close out. Thank you so much for tuning into this Wednesday episode. And I will be back in the new year with a new season, season eight in 2015. And you can always hit me up at TalkFusion30 at gmail.com. You can follow TalkFusion on Twitter and like TalkFusion on Facebook. Until next time, TalkFusion, don't call it radio. And welcome back to Talk Fusion. Still your host here, Autumn Simmons. And thank you so much for tuning in to our Wednesday episode as we are covering, I am dialoguing about love and relationships with local author Lynn Carr, author of Shouldn't Dating Be Easier? And the song you just heard was Dion Warwick's Anyone Had a Heart. And so oldie but goodie. And so before we close out on the last segment, I want to come back in on this segment and continue with a very good point that Lynn Carr, um, she just made before we took our hiatus, is that if you're cohabitating with a guy, if you're a woman, and you're a younger person, typically in, within the age range of 20 to 30, if he hasn't popped the question, Lynn's going to answer why that could be a red flag. So Lynn, if you could continue with that thought. Yes. Uh, to me, if you're young and you decide you do want to get married and you do want to have a family, then um, if the if the guy does not, if he asks you to move in with him and he does not ask you to marry him and a year, two years, three years goes by, then he's just not that into you. Then you're not going to be the person he wants to be with. Because most guys have told me if they found the right one, that is going to be the woman they will marry. That is going to be the person they want to have a family with and have children with. And guys have told me, one guy in particular said, 
he he was with the girl. He loved her, but he wasn't in love with her. He lived with her for six months. He settled. He was happy. They had an apartment together. He was fine with it. Then he met the love of his life, and he realized, that's the person I want to marry. That's the person I want to have children with. So he broke up with the woman he was living with, and he went and met someone else. And with six months, he was engaged to the other woman. Mm. So to me, that's telling me if a guy really wants to be with you, um, he will think of you as long term. Mm-hmm. I say for the women, don't settle. Don't, don't settle. think just because the guy wants to live with you that he's in love with you. Or that he's so called settling. Or that he's yeah. into you, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. What are some signs that a guy is into you? What does that look like? Um, to go by your gut feeling, to go by your instincts. You know when a guy looks at you. You know when a guy talks to you. If he's engaged in you and smiling at you and wants to be with you and wants to talk with you, you can tell. Mm-hmm. Just go- follow your instincts. Follow your gut feeling. I say that to men and women. But no, I think women are more instinctive than men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, also with the current uh, generation and how the dating scene is and where we are with how men and women relate and how women are doing more with career, have more opportunity than ever before. And so a lot of this, I think, has also presented some challenges for how men and women date with the evolving roles of gender. Do you still believe that men should be the aggressor, initial aggressor and pursuer within the initial stages of a relationship? I'm not saying I believe it, but the men are telling me that's what they want. Okay. There is a very, there was one couple that I interviewed of the thousands of people I talked to. And the guy must have been in his fifties, maybe sixties. And they were married like 30 years. And she did all the talking, and she, and he sat there, and he smiled, and she said, I'm the one who uh, uh, was aggressive, and I'm the one who asked for his number, and I'm the one who asked him. She talked and talked and talked, and in 20 minutes, the man didn't say one word. It's a very rare man that acts that way. And she completely took over the relationship, and I don't know whether he's happy or not, because he didn't say a word, but to me, that was not the majority. That was one out of thousands. And the guys that I'm talking to are telling me they don't mind a, a woman who is friendly. They don't want mind a woman who is a little assertive that will go up to him and say hello. But all the guys have said to me they want to take over. They want to ask for your number. They, they don't want you to talk to them. For a woman like in their 20s to be talking to a guy, even today, and you're talking to him for an hour, and he'll turn around and say, I'd like to call you. What is your number? If he doesn't ask you for your number... He's not interested. If he doesn't ask you for your number and you say, oh, I'd like to go out with you. Here's my number. He's not going to call you. And for the woman to say, why didn't he call me? Because he wasn't interested in you. And if you both exchange numbers, let him call you first. Let him pursue you because it's the old art of flirting. This goes back years and years and years before texting and emails and computers. If, if a guy likes you and you make yourself available but unavailable, if he, if he writes you, don't write him back that moment. Let him wait and want you more. That's just my, that's just my input. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's from what the guys are telling me. If, if a woman seems too, I don't know how to say this, it's really nice if you like the guy and you had a great time on the date. But after the first date, it's such a turnoff, the guys are telling me. If you have a first date, I don't care if you're 20, I don't care if you're 70. If you have a first date and you go out with a guy and after the date you say, I had a great time, it's wonderful, when are you going to call me again? Well, can we go out again? That is the biggest turnoff the guys have told me. You can say, he can say, I had a great time, you can say, I had a great time too. Good, you know, whatever, good night. Let him call you. Let him text you back. Let him ask you out again. Don't call him the next day and say, I had a great time. When can we go out again? Did you like me? Mm. Oh, no, 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 no. Because guys have told me women do that. That is too insecure. Mm. You need to be, even if you're thinking it, stop yourself from doing it or saying it. When I have given my girlfriends this advice, uh-huh. they have had guys ask them out. Uh-huh. That's they interesting, that's interesting that you say that because um, in this era, you do have um, some guys that are so afraid of rejection that and they're very insecure um, that they expect some women to ask them out sometime. In that situation, it would be a woman who would 
walk by a shy, a shy guy and say hello and smile at him and say, if you're at a supermarket, ask him, oh, what, what do you, I never had that before. What do you, you know, what, how do you cook that? And, and then you can notice if he's wearing a wedding band. Or if you are at a restaurant, you could walk by and say, um, I'm here with my girlfriends. I've never eaten here before. What do you recommend to eat? And if the guy's with another guy, um, you could always strike, a woman can be aggressive that way and striking up a conversation that is neutral. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> let the guy know that you like him in that way. Guy said that would be the best, that, a shy guy said that would be the best way. Or even if a guy was by himself at a bar or watching a game, a woman that goes by him and just says, hello, you know, um, I've never been here before. What, what do you recommend to drink? Let him then take over and then say, hi, my name is. Uh, I've never been here before. What do you think is a good thing to drink or eat? Introduce yourself, shake hands, say hello. That's friendly. That's opening the doors for the guy to then say hello to you and his name and start a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's how a woman can uh, approach a shy guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, but she doesn't mm-hmm. have to go up to a shy guy and say, Hi, I saw you from across the room. I think you're cute. I'd like to go out with you. Here's my number. Uh, that is way too much. Okay. That, there is one in a million guys that would go for that. Most guys said they do not like that much of an assertive woman. They want to be the hunter. That's what they're telling me. Okay. All right. Let me ask you this question since we're talking about dating. Would you, a couple of things, would you agree that dating is about discovery and it's not necessarily, it's about getting to know someone, but it's not about commitment. It's just discovery. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting you say that. When you go out on that date, it is so important to not make it like a police interrogation or applying for a bank loan <laughs> or to purchase a home. Um, sometimes the men and the women have told me they go out on a first date and a first date should be getting to know you. What kind of food do you like? Where do you like, where would you like to go on a vacation? What fun, where have you gone in your life? Do you like hiking? Do you like going biking, skiing? What is a fun thing, sport for you to do? What sports do you like? Just very general questions. Not how many people have you dated? Not anything about your ex-husband or ex-wife or ex-girlfriend. Not where do you work? What do you make? What kind of car do you drive? Do you own it? Do you lease it? Oh, my goodness. One, one of my girlfriends went out with a guy, and 10 questions later, she didn't know what to say. She was speechless. Mm-hmm. He was bombarding her like a bank interrogation. Mm-hmm. So that can happen and on both. that's a warning what not to do. That can happen on both ends, though, with men and women not understanding or just appropriate boundaries when you're getting to know someone. But um, also another question I like to pose to you, do you believe men and women can truly be friends in a platonic sense? Oh, that's a good question. Um, honestly, unless one of them is gay, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> because you're always going to have uh, one of them liking the other person. Mm-hmm. In, in, in Even if they're not telling you that, one of them is has a crush on the other person. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. And, and if one of them, if there are two guys, if a guy and a girl are friends and neither one is dating, the minute someone starts dating someone else, the other person is going to be jealous. Mm-hmm. So, no, I do not think so. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, and th- is that also based on experience, Lynn? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now, um, there's something else that I wanted to ask. Uh, not on my end, on the guy's end. On the guy's end. And, and that's the yes. thing um, that A I... A guy friend was very right. jealous when I started dating someone else, yes, and it ended the friendship, yes. I, I've experienced it enough to know that I, I have one uh, consistent platonic friendship with someone I've been friends with for over 10 years now, but we don't see each other or talk to each other regularly. And I think that has something to do with why we've been able to maintain a platonic friendship. Right. Yes. Um, but I have attempted to, uh, I typically bond better with males than females. Um, and that has been a problem yeah. with me because men at some point would see it as an opportunity to date me and I exactly I wouldn't see it that way and the the association eventually does come to an end at some point um right I agree right right and so it's kind of like something I've learned along the way but um I wanted to talk to you now about um 
future events that you have coming up within the new year that are in connection in conjunction with shouldn't dating be easier something very interesting you were telling me about that's going to be happening in many young in the new year could you expand on that a little more yes yes starting january 8th and every other thursday I'm going to be running singles events at Maniunk Brewery, which is on Main Street in Maniunk. And it's going to be from 6.30 to 8.30. It's going to be a $5 coverage charge. It's called Meet and Mingle. And it's going to include um, hors d'oeuvres and food. You purchase your drink, but the hors d'oeuvres and food are co- covered in the uh, covered price, you know, the cover price. And... It's going to be, the age group is going to be 25 to 40s, and then the next age group is going to be 40s to 60s. And when the people come in, um, it's called a meet and mingle because it's going to be very casual. And I decided that I make a five-question questionnaire that everybody gets when they get there at 630, and then they have a half an hour to go over the questions and circle an A, B, or C answer of the five questions. And then when I start people to mingle, they have to go to at least three people within the next few hours when I tell them to move on to the next person so that they can try to meet someone who has something in common with them. Now, the, the reason behind this is it's very low-key because if, you ha- if you're a woman and you're shy but you think a guy is attractive, this gives you the entree and opportunity to go up to him. And also, if a guy is shy, he can then go up to the woman that he thinks is attractive and talk to her and not just say, hey, how you doing? Can I have your number? You go up and you ask them these questions. Then if you decide that you want to give each other your email or phone number, you can, but you don't have to. And then I want people to mingle and meet other people so that at the end of the night, you have met more than one person. And that way, if a guy goes up to a girl and a girl really isn't that interested in the guy, it gets her off the hook. But when I say move on to the next person, Mm -hmm. there's something else I wanted to um, before we close out that I thought was very interesting about dating because it's about discovery is that you know that if things don't work out to not always not to take it personal. And I think sometimes on both ends, men and women can take things personal when there is rejection, especially early on. Right. And I think if especially with women learning how to expand their horizons and dating options by just going new places and trying new things, I think that you can increase the likelihood in the event that it happens. Right. Or dating. If you're dating the wrong guy, then you have to try to date somebody else. Uh If you seem to be dating all the bad boys, or you seem to be dating all the guys that are players and are dating other women, you're dating the wrong person. Mm-hmm. You know, another thing, I'll be honest, I'll put a little bit of my business out there. You know what I, I hate that I seem to find myself in this predicament? I either find like a guy who, even if he doesn't seem like a bad boy on first glance, if he's not that, then I, I encounter the guy that's the nice guy that I don't like that likes me. And I'm just having an issue right. with meeting. Well, there has to be there has to be something in the middle. Right. There has to be that, that person that is that you're attracted to right. that has a little bit of an edge. That's not just a guy that's texting you every, that's another thing. A girlfriend of mine mm-hmm. met a guy who was very nice, but she wasn't that into him. He was texting her every hour on the hour right. for days. She just couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. So she just tra- stopped answering him. But you don't want somebody that is constantly on you, uh, texting you, writing you, calling you. Can I see you Friday? Can I see you Saturday? What are you doing all weekend trying to plan your weekend? You just met the guy. Right. So uh, he's a super nice guy, but that's a turnoff too. Right. To anyone. Mm -hmm. So I'm just warning for those guys and girls out there, don't do that. Even if you want to see that person all weekend, don't do it. Right. Start out slow. Take it slow. I experienced that. I experienced that in my last relationship that I had um, uh, with a a gentleman who was a nice guy. And initially, he did do those things where he was very persistent. He would call me at work and on my cell phone. And I thought, is something wrong with him? Is he crazy? But it's it's interesting because in your book, there are circumstances where people have been together or they have eventually become a couple where one partner usually it was the man who was very persistent to the point where it seems if perhaps the guy was stalking you know yeah <laughs> and yes. so I find that interesting that with that behavior it seems to be more acceptable if it comes from the male more than the other well, way around yes so but 
but it's more the exception than the norm. Okay. And for me personally, and I know for you personally, having talked to you, right. if there was a guy that was stalking me or at my house or waiting in the car for me every day when I went to work, like one of the stories, or following me around or meeting me at work, that would creep me out. <laughs> I know women have gotten married to guys like this. That, that would just turn me off and creep me out. Right. I don't think, I'm not recommending anybody stalk anybody. Right. Or call anybody constantly. It does work for that rare person, but that's not the norm. Mm-hmm. And God, most, most men and women have told me that it's a complete turn off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Lynn- I mean, it might be flattering at first, but then you, you step back and you think, what is wrong with this person? And that's scary. That's the same person that when you're dating or married to them, are going to put low jack on your car or find out what you, you know, follow you without your girlfriends. That's a person who's not trusting. Mm-hmm. That's in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lynn, if you could share with our listeners any contact information, especially your social media connections or your sure. email address. I, I also want to say um, my website is shouldn'tdatingbeeasier.com. It's all lowercase letters, no apostrophes, no question mark. Mm-hmm. And then if you go on my website, I have a, um, a calendar on the right that says where I'm going to be doing book signings, where my um, meet and mingle events will be at Maniunk, where and when, the date, the time. And also starting in, in March, April and May, I will be posting lecture series that I will, I'm going to be doing with another woman named Gail Chris who wrote a book about online dating. Hmm. So the two of us will be uh, in Newtown, in Ambler, out in Willow Grove. We'll be at various places where you come for two hours, and uh, I will post how much it will cost, and it's a two-hour lecture series that the two of us will do question and answer period, and men and women of all ages. It's called Dating Tips for the 21st Century. Shouldn't dating be easier? Hmm. And... I will do, we will be doing a lecture series together mm-hmm. that people can find out more information, kind of like what you're interviewing me over the phone, but it would be a group of people. Mm-hmm. Now, also, do you have a Twitter, Facebook uh, account? Where- I also have at the bottom of my website, it's shouldn'tdatingbeeasier at gmail.com. Okay. And people can write me there. Mm-hmm. I also have a Facebook account, okay. Shouldn't Dating Be Easier. And on Twitter, it's car. It's at car, C-A-R-R, Lycar, L-Y-C-A-R-R. That's my Twitter account. Mm -hmm. And also, um, how can listeners, how can they get your book? Are you on Amazon? How can they purchase your book? I'm not on Amazon yet. If they want to purchase my book, Mm -hmm. they can go simply go on my website, shouldn'tdatingbeeasier.com, and then there's uh, an area that they can purchase the book. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Lynn Carr, for joining me for this episode. We had a very thorough conversation, love and relationships. Shouldn't dating, shouldn't dating be easier? It's a very wonderful read. I encourage the listeners to read this book. And Lynn is a very fabulous uh, lady. And she also favors uh, Susan Somers. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for all of the above. And my whole purpose of writing the book, doing the lecture series, doing the dating series, series is... I want people to meet. I want people to know how to be in a relationship, how to make the relationship work. And I want you to meet the love of your life for men and women. And on that note, we are definitely going to close out. Thank you so much for tuning into this Wednesday episode. And I will be back in the new year with a new season, season eight in 2015. And you can always hit me up at talkfusion30 at gmail.com. You can follow TalkFusion on Twitter and like TalkFusion on Facebook. Until next time, TalkFusion, don't call it radio. about you see for us to function it's gonna take two yeah yeah i'm letting you know it's all in my mind i told you about a thousand times still it's always about you you did dirt in the beginning i just retired a favor i try to talk you don't listen 
Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons, a witty and humorous memoir and brainy essay penned by Autumn Simmons from her early life, pop culture, religion, feminism, race, and relationships. I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons is available via Barnes and Noble and worldwide for ebooks and beyond. Enjoy I Quirky Girl by Autumn Simmons. 